Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, as the nation continues to grapple with recent gun violence, mass shootings, and a host of partisan bickering back and forth, the question is, can anything ever get done? The headlines say that we can't get anything done, but we're going to go past the headlines and show how Congressman Curtis and Congresswoman Jayapal have introduced something together that shows we can actually get things done when we go beyond the headlines, go beyond the partisanship, and talk about the principles and the issues. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, it is time to think again, and uh, really grateful to have joining us on the program, of course, Utah's uh, Congressman John Curtis, and also uh, great to welcome to the program today Congresswoman Jayapal from Washington, 7th District, uh, who this week introduced a new bipartisan bill to combat gun suicides. This is a crucial conversation. Uh, thanks to both of you for joining us today. And uh, Congresswoman Jayapal, maybe we will begin with you and just tell us about your conversations uh, with Representative Curtis, how this bill actually came about. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And it's been an absolute pleasure to work with Representative Curtis, who does such a great job representing his constituents. And while, you know, there are many things we probably don't agree on, this is one where we were able to come together. And in part because, um, you know, when I took this idea to Representative Curtis to say, we can save lives for people who are experiencing terrible mental health crises. Um, This is a public health emergency of of people uh, using guns to commit suicide. And we know there's a successful way forward that both Washington State and Utah have put into law, which is this very simple idea that there's a voluntary do not sell list that you can register yourself for. And um, in those moments of terrible mental health crisis, when you're at your lowest point, when you're dealing with these situations, you won't be sold a gun. You won't have that opportunity to make an impulsive but very long lasting decision that might take your own life. And so Representative Curtis was so open to the idea and we worked together on the language and the rollout of it and i'll tell you it's just it's been wonderful to work with him and i really believe we can get this passed on the floor uh i love that and uh just that whole approach and yeah you can disagree on a host of things and uh congressman curtis uh going to you now i think this is one of those great examples of 
when we do things with precision, with this kind of single subject kind of bill, as opposed to the the massive sweeping, all all encompassing bills that rarely make it across the finish line. Uh, plus, you're using state models from both Washington and Utah uh, as a way to do it at the federal level. Uh, give us some insight there. Well, uh, first of all, let me give a shout out to my friend from Washington, uh, Congressman Jayapal. Uh, it's great to work with you on this bill. She and I uh, often will share a smile in how much we disagree, (laughs) (laughs) and and, uh, yet always in a a super friendly way. And so when she approached me on this bill, uh, you know, to be honest, I had to do a little research. I didn't know that uh, that we lose almost 24,000 people a year to suicide uh, by by gun uh, every year. That's 65 a day. So, uh, you know, imagine the attention, rightly so, that that a mass shooting gets. But but hardly anybody's talking about these 65 people per day that we're losing. And what can we do uh, to prevent uh, a high percentage of those? And I think this bill uh, right hits right on the mark. And uh, it, it's also interesting to note both of our states. Uh, there's three states in the union. Two of them are our states. I've already done this, and uh, we're, we're grateful to our states for showing leadership on this. Uh, it's such an I important. think another. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to add to that and say one other interesting factoid that I, I picked up is gun suicides, suicide attempts are, are 140 times more likely to be successful if the person has a gun. So, again, this is um, our ability to save lives. And it's, it's really exciting to be able to take a local model from Utah and Washington State and bring it to the federal level. Uh, it's so often we see those uh, those models that are there and, and getting those to the national level is, is such an important part of that. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, Congresswoman, it's it is giving people a chance and sometimes a second chance uh, to to get the help that they need uh, to avoid a, a crisis that not only impacts the, the loss of one life, but the ripple effect that that has uh, as families and neighborhoods and community uh, lose important members uh, through that in that uh, mental health crisis moment. We know the 988 number has uh, rolled out over the weekend, another important step. Uh, what else is on the horizon, uh, Congresswoman, from your perspective of some of these very targeted, precision uh, kinds of things where we might have a, a chance, as you said, to, to save a life? Well, some of the other pieces that we've been successful at getting bipartisan support on is just even um, you know, some of the investments in mental health, um, particularly as we think about the opioid crisis across the country, some of the investments into opioid prevention. Um, I think those are things that we have been working very, very hard on. And in fact, I know I led with um, uh, Representative Mike Johnson, a Republican from Louisiana, uh, an effort around uh, law enforcement assisted diversion. How do we get assistance to people who are on the streets? that isn't just coming from law enforcement, but is a whole of government approach. And I think those are the kinds of things that are that are very exciting. And so I think this will be the start for us, John, of looking for other places where we might be able to work together. And um, I, I definitely think they exist. And I think you're right that uh, a more targeted approach is is easier when we're trying to get this kind of bipartisan, these bipartisan bills across the finish line. Yeah. And Congressman Curtis, uh, so what is the the path forward uh, as as this bill progresses? Well, I don't mind telling you that having uh, Congressman Jayapal uh, be the lead on this is a big deal uh, with the speaker being Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) So that that obviously is a a much clearer path. And so 
we, we need to, this will go through the Judiciary Committee. It's not my committee. We're, we're working on getting some Republican co-sponsors from Judiciary uh, on this, but it, it certainly is a bill that I think is ripe, uh, particularly, you know, given the discussion of, around firearms, given the discussion around mental health, and, um, and the fact that um, we have a clear path uh, to the speaker on this. So we're, both of us are very optimistic for it. I've already spoken to the speaker about it. She's excited about it. Um, I am on the Judiciary Committee, so I've been pushing um, to make sure we get our markup, our hearing and markup in the committee. And our hope is to bring it to the floor in September, which is Suicide Prevention Month. Um, that would be, I think, an amazing sign to people across this country. Um, I, my uh, husband actually lost his father to suicide. It wasn't with a gun, but I do know the effect that that has on families and communities across the country. And I think it would be an amazing thing to offer this tool in saving lives uh, to, to recognize Suicide Prevention Month. Well, we, we think you're both big deals. So, and we, <laughs> and we, we, we appreciate you bringing that big dealness, uh, to such an important issue. And, and it is one of those crucial conversations that in the past, I think we've kept kind of at a safe distance. Uh, and I appreciate both of you being willing to, to lean in and engage in this process. And we, we do want to remind anyone listening today, if you are in, a mental health crisis. If you're struggling, if you're in a dark place, uh, you are not alone today. Uh, you can call that 988 number. Uh, and to the rest of us, uh, you also have access to that 988. And if you know someone who is struggling, someone who's in a dark place or who is really struggling with a mental health crisis, it's up to each one of us to make sure we're reaching out. Uh, that's how we link arms together as a society and, and move things forward. Uh, as we wrap up, uh, Congresswoman, I just wanted to ask you just a, a final thought uh, in in terms of um, looking at, at how we go forward. I love that you're going to introduce this uh, in September. I think that is so fitting as we get into Suicide Prevention Month. Is there anything else that you wish we were having a conversation, this kind of conversation, an elevated conversation uh, around some of those shared values? Well, to be honest, I think we could have that conversation on every single thing. I think there is room for us to do that. I don't think it's as easy sometimes because things have gotten very partisan and, and challenging. Um, but I do think uh, that some of it starts with a relationship. And, you know, it, it, John and I had the chance, Representative Curtis and I had the chance to go on a, a delegation trip together. Um, and that's sort of where we first started talking to each other. I think there are things we can do on, on uh, you know, issues of climate. I know you're, you're leading uh, your caucus on that issue. Um, I really think that there's room. We just have to be willing and we have to find some ends to start doing this work together. When we are, and I'm saying when, we are successful at passing this bill in September, um, that gives us the ability to then have that under our belt. But I really don't think there's a single issue we can't find something we can do together on. Uh, yeah, Boyd, if I, Go if, ahead. If I could wait quickly. I think one of the reasons this conversation is so important is too often your listeners hear when we disagree. Mm -hmm. And um, that's actually far more rare than people working together across party lines. It just doesn't make the news. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad we've had this moment today to, to show your listeners, you know, that Washington can work 
and um, there are a lot of people here working to, to, to do what's expected of us, which is to get things done here. Uh, fantastic. And uh, we appreciate both of you modeling that for us. Our, our word of the day today, by the way, is cacistocracy, uh, which is which is <laughs> government by the least qualified, least likely to succeed, uh, government by the worst. And I want to thank both of you for proving uh, that that is not what we have and that we have people who are willing to come together, have an elevated conversation based on good principles and good public policy uh, and showing that we don't have to buy into the negativity of the headlines uh, or those who may be in the, the more performative uh, space, some of your colleagues back there. So thank you to both of you. This is a crucial piece of legislation. We'll continue to follow it. Uh, and we're grateful to both of you for showing us what leadership looks like and, more importantly, what leadership acts like. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Thank Troy. you. All right. A great conversation there. Uh, and that's just proof. Uh, we don't have to live in a cacistocracy. We're going to come back to that at the close of the show today, uh, where we're going to talk about not only do we end up with government by the worst, but we can also have government by the best. But it's up to us, the voters, to validate the good behavior, the good results and not those that are just chasing headlines or their own personal agenda. This is a crucial conversation. This is an important bill that will save lives, literally, on a daily basis uh, when it comes to gun and death by gun uh, in suicide. And that is a conversation worth happening, uh, and we're very grateful to Representative Jayapal and Representative Curtis for showing us what that looks like. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.